Woo. So we're going to get right into the teaching. Today is a teaching day. I feel like a calm, laid back, chill day. You know what I'm saying? We're just going to relax and chill. Um, I'm going to teach. Well, I always teach, but today I feel like I'm going to be doing, um, uh, we're going to be coming from the book of Hebrews on today. We're going to do a teaching uh, on the secret place. Now, the title of of the uh, series is Pray Like a Child. All right? If you don't pray like a child, you won't live like a child. Amen? If you don't pray like a child, you won't live like a child. If you approach the throne of grace like a slave, okay, that will be the rebuttal you'll get. All right? If you, however you approach him, because the thing about our father is this, is he can't lie. So if you come before him with the mind of a slave, he can't speak to you like a child. He can't speak anything but truth. So he needs you to come before him like a child. And so we're going to talk about the secret place on today. The title I teach in the day is uh, Understanding the Secret Place. Uh, as I studied this, me and Dr. Hardy was talking about it, and I was like, you know what, this is a whole series. Just talking about the secret place, getting you guys to understand. And the, my main objective today is to get you to understand the secret place from the perspective of your father wanted you to have this so bad that he did so many different things. I remember when I was in the military and the um, uh, master sergeant, not master sergeant, sergeant major got up and said, in order for us not to go overseas, and he named off a lot of things that had to happen. And the things were out of our hands. Some of it was other countries. Like we needed NATO to step in. We needed this to step in in order for us not to deploy. He was letting us know that all these things had to take place. So when I got back to the um, company, and he said, and they said, everybody's going but your platoon. I was excited. Now, the reason why I was excited, because I was thinking about favor. I know it's selfish. I had a whole army. Hey, I didn't want to go. I did not. I would go. I didn't have a problem going. But I did not want to go. It was not my choice. I was not like, you know what, let me go fight this. No, that was never my, my thought process. But all these things had to happen in order for us not to go. And so in the same way, the father has done a lot of things in order to get us to this place. All right. Now, last week we talked about praying like a child. And the first rule of prayer is what? Know who you're praying to. You got to. That's the first rule. You have to know who you're praying to. All right, if you know who you're praying to, it will cut down half the time. It, it, will, it will construct the, the whole conversation. You will know. If I'm talking to Chris, it's different than me talking to my wife. It's different than me talking to my father. It's different than me talking to my mother. You have to know who you're talking to. Okay, if I walk up to Chris and ask him, hey, can I get some money? That's, that's different versus me walking to my father and ask for some money. Y'all praying, y'all praying to the Lord, asking for blessings he can't give you. Okay. <laughs> he can't give it to, right. You're a joint heir with him. Like, get your own inheritance. 
I open the door so you can get your inheritance, not so you can come to me every day asking for mine. All right. And so the, the thing that we need to know is we need to know how to pray like a child. OK, because. Come when I was coming up and I was uh, um, not going to say when I was coming up, I was saying about 2010 when we moved to Atlanta, I began to study things that I was not taught. So no one taught us how to pray. No one taught us how to fast. They didn't teach us how to study. None of these things were taught. And it's hard to do something when no one's giving you a practical way of doing it. And so I began to call all of these ministers, all the people who have been ministering for years and years and years. And I just began to ask a question. Who taught you how to pray? And if you were to teach someone to pray, how would you do it? Most of the answers, 80% of the answers I got said, we just something we was doing. They just told us to do it and we did it. The rest of them said it's just talking to God, which still doesn't leave, leave, leave me with an answer. It still doesn't teach me how to do it. Okay, because you have to know how to do something. If not, you're just doing it and you could be doing it right, you could be doing it wrong. So, our first scripture is going to come from um, Matthew chapter 6, verses 6. Verse 6, yeah. And it says, reads, but when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Okay. Jesus is telling us, but when you pray, meaning what? You will pray. Prayer is necessary. You have to pray. He's telling you, you have to communicate with the Father. You have to communicate with his world. The Bible constantly tells us to be heavenly minded. How can you be heavenly minded? You ain't talking to nobody from heaven. You ain't got no connect in heaven. How are you going to get heavenly minded? The Bible always tells us to seek those things that are eternal and not temporal. So he's telling us, like, look, you're going to hear a lot of things. A lot of things is going to go on on this planet. I don't want you to worry about none of that. I want you to stay focused on what I'm saying. That's hard, ain't it? It's hard. But the more you communicate with heaven, you can ignore earth. The more you can communicate with heaven, you can ignore earth. I'm willing to say that the reason why earth has your attention is because you pay too much attention to it. You're not paying attention to heaven. We pay attention to everything that goes on around us on the news. We pay attention to everything going on in our neighborhood. What, 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 what individuals are saying, all these things that are going on, we pay attention to it because we're not paying attention to what's going on in heaven. And so Jesus said, when you pray, he said, go into your private room, get by yourself. Then he said, shut the door. So in order to have secret prayer, you have to get by yourself and you have to shut everything out, off and out. You have to take the phone, take your watch off, your tablet, everything, get it out your environment. I told you last week, take the kids to the wall, do whatever you got to do. 
but you got to get that prayer in. Whatever you got to do, but you got to go to your private room. You got to shut the door. You got to shut out the world. You got to shut out the flesh. You got to turn off your mind, which means you got to practice turn quiet in your spirit. Because as soon as you get in prayer, all of a sudden you start hearing the sports center song. As <laughs> soon as you get in prayer, all of a sudden you're thinking about what bills you got to pay. Then you think about the conversation you had at the work. As soon as you get in prayer. So you have to get in that secret place and you have to shut everything off, shut everything down with the focus of I am in my father's presence. That's why he says, Go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your father. He didn't say go into the, your private room, shut your shut the door, and pray to the Holy Spirit. Now, this is Jesus talking. This is the Lord talking. This is the one who is the example. The one who which we are a joint heir with, the one who lives in Abba's household, who grew up in his household, he's telling us this is how you pray. We can't ignore this. We can't ignore it. When the, when, when, when the conversation is coming directly from his household, Jesus is giving us his life. He's not saying pray to me. He said, I want you to have the same life I had with the father. I want you to have the same conversation, the same access I have to with him. I want you to have that. That's why he said, pray to your father, your father. He didn't say pray to my father, which means you pray, but throw my name in there so you can know that I sent you. That's what y'all been doing. Father, we pray to you in the name of Jesus. We ask that you would do. No, just talk to me. Father, I need. Just talk to me. Just talk to me. It's just a conversation. It's that simple. Just talk to me. Especially in a secret place. Because the secret places where you're going to come undone at. The secret place is where you're going to let your hair down. The secret place is where you're going to admit your deepest secrets. It's the place where you're going to come to grips with what you are and what you're not. That's why he says, shut your door, pray to your father who is in secret. Which means you can't see him. Which means he's waiting on you. He's in secret. Oh, it's going to get deeper because what I'm about to do is I'm about to parallel this, the secret place with the Holy of Holies. <laughs> with the Holy of Holies. Because you have to see what he did. Okay, I know we used to, uh, here I go. Y'all fuck. Who hungry today? Somebody hungry. Y'all pulling on me. Goodness. I know we say enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Is that how it go? Okay. But that's how David did it. David, as a slave, was approaching a king. Okay, so he had to enter the gates with thanksgiving and the courts with praise. Now, us, in the tabernacle, you have the outer courts, you have the holy place, then you have the holy of holies. Okay, then you have outside the tabernacle. 
So you have those outside the tabernacle. In the tabernacle, you have the, the outer courts. Then you have the holy place. Then you have the holy of holies. What Jesus did for us, and I'm going to show you, is he brought us in the tabernacle and dropped us off in the holy place. In Christ, you are already, already in the holy place. What they had to do in the outer courts, we don't have to do that. Because we're already in the holy place. You are holy in Christ. In Christ, you are a new creature. Old things are passed away. So he walked us, he dropped us off in the holy place. Then he tore the curtain and gave us access to the holy of holies. So in Christ, you are in the holy place. But if you're going to go into the holies of holies, you're going to have to get in a private room. You're going to have to shut the door and you have to shut everybody out. Because in the Old Testament, when them priests went into that room, they didn't take nobody with them. When them high priests went there, they didn't take nobody with them. When Jesus went to the Holy Holy, he didn't take nobody with him. When you go into the Holies of Holies, you can't take anybody with you. That's personal. That's personal. That's why he says, see, in the holies of holies, it says, and your father who sees in secret, because he sees what you do in the holies of holies. He sees in secrets. He sees what he sees, what's going on in your mind, in your heart. He's addressing you as a child. He wants to deal with you as someone he loves. That's why it says that your father who sees in secret will reward you. Now, the first level of reward is this, moral excellence. I'll say that again. The first level of reward is moral excellence. That's why we see him saying, be like me. Jesus said it. Be like your father who is in heaven. That's the first thing you're going to get from the father. He said, conform to the image of his son. He said, imitate me, which means the first level of rewards will be moral excellence. It's making you like him. In character, in disposition, it's making you like him. For the sole purpose of releasing your inheritance. Because he can't release your inheritance until you are like him. We, we give our kids cell phones and what we hope is this, that they would do with that cell phone what we would do with it. Come on. Am I right? That's all you want <laughs> is be much, be like me. Imitate me with this. We want to give our kids money. But what do we want them to do? We want them to be responsible with the money, steward the money like we would. Everything our father gives us, it, the, the, uh, um, in order for us to receive it, we have to become like him. That's why he says give. He's not telling you to give because he want to take your money. He's telling you to give because there's an inheritance. <laughs> and when you become generous like him, he gives seed to the sower. Y'all, y'all relax too, I guess. 
So the first level is moral excellence. It's not stuff. I know we want the business. We want the car. We want the, we want the big house. We want a million dollars. We want all of that stuff. We want notoriety. But first, it's going to be moral excellence. I just gave you the cheat code. I just gave you the cheat code. Anything you want from the father, look at your disposition, look at your character and say, if he gave this to me, what would it do to me? If he gave you power, what you going to do with that now? Let's say you could open the blind eyes. <laughs> what you going to do with it? Let's say you could make the lame walk. One touch, what you going to do with it? So, the secret place is where a boy goes to a man, becomes a man. Amen? Y'all don't like this? Or y'all just, y'all, she said, I don't. <laughs> the secret place is where a boy becomes a man. It's where a man becomes a husband. It's where a husband becomes a father it's where a father becomes a leader in a secret place. It's not with a mic. It's not in lights, camera, action. It's in the secret place. It's where a, 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 a daughter becomes a woman. Where a woman becomes a wife. It's in the secret place. It's where a woman becomes a mother. You learn how to parent in the secret place. You can read all the books you want to, but in the end, you better get in the secret place. It's where a woman becomes a wife. It's in the secret place. When a man comes out, a husband comes out the secret place, how he talks to his wife. Those are the, these are secret place measurables. These are the measurables. If we want to know how sufficient our prayer life is. If we want to know, have we been in the secret place? It's always going to be determined how we act once we come out. These are secret place measurables. Because the thing about us is, like I say, we want stuff. Am I right? We want stuff. And I'm telling you how to get stuff. Father, teach me. Correct yourself. Develop your own psalms. Go to him knowing you were wrong and tell him. Don't be in prayer. Still, I know I'm right. I just, no. <laughs> he know. Y'all quiet today. I like this. Now, now the secret place Mm, no, let's go here. The father, yeah, I'm going. The father wants you to have this relationship more than you want it. All right? He wants you to have this relationship more than you want the relationship. It's not like he's keeping it from you. 
He wants you to have it, and I'm going to prove it to you. I'm about to show it to you, okay? Because once I start, we're going to do a lot of reading, but I want you guys after this to go back and study. The reason why we teach on Sunday, pray on Wednesday, teach on Sunday, then teach on Wednesday is because I want to give you guys enough time to study. I don't want to give you a word on Sunday, and then you got till Wednesday to study that. (laughs) Then we give you another word. And then you got till Sunday to study that. No, we're going to give you a whole week and a half to study. To break that word down so it can get inside of you. Because the word has to become flesh. If the word don't become flesh, you don't get the life. Because the Bible says that in the word was life and that life was the light of men. So if that word does not get in you, you don't get the life. Do we have my picture of the um, tabernacle? There it is. Go ahead. Go ahead, snapshot. Go ahead, y'all. Paparazzi. <laughs> so, this is the holy tabernacle. You have the gate, then you have the outer courts. Where they do the burnt offerings, the, the altar burnt offerings. Then you have the labor where they will wash their hands. Then you have the holy place with the tab, with the table of bread, the lampstand, the altar of incense. Then behind the curtain, you have the most holy place or the holy of holies. Now, what I'm telling you guys is that Jesus dropped us off in the holy of holies. I mean, the holy place. Because the holy place represents the father's household. Now, I'm going to read this. How do I want to do this? Y'all done taking your pictures? Because I'm about to move on. Everybody good? Okay. So, uh, we're going to read Hebrew chapter 9, verses 1 through 12. And like I said, I'm just showing you. The title of this teaching is Understanding the Secret Place. I want you to understand that the Father did this for you. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 1 says, Now even the first covenant had regulations for divine worship and the earthly sanctuary. So there are regulations for worship in the sanctuary. Okay, that's why he said, he says, Now even the first covenant had regulations for divine worship, which means this covenant has, the second covenant has regulations. Verse two, it says, for a tabernacle was equipped, the outer sanctuary in which in which were the lampstand, the table, the sacred bread. This is called the holy place. So the tabernacle was equipped in the outer sanctuary with a lampstand, a table, sacred bread. And this is called the holy place. This is where we are in Christ right now. If you look at the words, it's kind of like a household. You got a lampstand, you got a table, you got bread. He brought us right into his household. That's why the Bible tells us to labor to enter into his rest. You're already there. You're seated in heavenly places. You're already there. What's not there is your mind. What's not there is your behavior. 
is your practices. And it's crazy for us to be on earth in heaven and not realize it, not recognize it, and then not benefit from it. It's crazy for us to be in Abba's household and not get what we're supposed to get. Verse 3, it says, behind the second veil, there was a tabernacle, which is called the most holy place or the holy of holies. Now, the reason why I told you I'm going to teach this in a series, because it is too much information. Every last one of these objects represents something. The lampstand represents something. The table, the sacred bread all represent something. The veil represents something. All these things are what you call types and shadows, which means these are these are uh, pictures of things that took place in heaven. And he's just trying to his best to explain it to us on earth. It's not literal. It's a type and a shadow of what is to come. They did it literal, but the only reason why they did it literal was because Adam fell. If Adam doesn't fall, there's no need for the Old Testament. That's why I tell people, don't learn the Old Testament as if it belongs to you. You need to learn the New Testament. The New Testament belongs to you. The Old Testament is, is, is types and shadows. It is not literal, although it happened literally. So you never want to read from the Old Testament and take it in as a child of God. Because that's not your covenant. You don't have, that's not the covenant that you have. And the Old Testament consists of six covenants. Now, six means not of God. Six means a flesh of man. The seventh covenant was the new covenant, which is perfection. And that covenant aligns us with the covenant that he had before the foundation of the world. That's all it is. The New Testament covenant is realigning us with a covenant in which the conversation he had with the father, with the son and the Holy Spirit before the foundation of the world. That's why everything is talking about us redemption, renewing, because we're just going back to what originally belonged to us. And because we were not there and we could not live in the Old Testament, he has to use the Old Testament to explain to us spiritual things. Verse four, I'm read verse three again. It says, behind the second veil, there was a tabernacle, which was called the most holy place. Having a golden altar of incense, that represents something. The Ark of the Covenant covered on all sides with gold, that represents something. In which was a golden jar holding the manna, Aaron's staff, which budded, and the table of the covenant. Now, I will talk about this briefly. Inside of the Ark of the Covenant is Aaron's rod. It is a golden pot with bread in it. And there's, and there's the Ten Commandments. Now, our father wanted us to understand. The reason why he did this is because he wanted us to understand how much he canceled and sealed the Old Testament in order to give us the new. So, so the, the Aaron's rod the pot of manna and the Ten Commandments are in the Ark of Covenant. Over the Ark of Covenant is the mercy seat. And over the mercy seat is Christ's blood. Now, Aaron Rod represents 
how the people how the people rebelled against godly authority. The golden pot of manna represents how the people rejected the father's provision, God's provision. And the Ten Commandments represent man's disobedience to his laws. He put that in the Ark of the Covenant, put the mercy seat over it, and sealed it with Christ's blood and said, let's move on to the next testament. He did that for you. So you would not have to walk around here talking about breaking the Ten Commandments. Because we are no longer under the Ten Commandments. The reason why is because we have moved in his household. In the orphanage, you have rules and regulations. When you move into a household, you abide under a name. That's why we went from the Ten Commandments or the 700 laws of the Old Testament to coming into his household and him saying simply, represent my name. That is the law. His name. In my household, I'm the father, last name Hardy. Everybody under me should act like hardy that's the law so that's why he tells us whatever you do in word or deed do it in the name meaning whenever you whatever you do in your actions whatever you say make sure that i'm cool with it before you open your mouth before you do it he says gather in my name which means when you walk through them doors on your way here you should be having your your mind focused on the Father. When you walk in this place, you should be walking in here with love, with joy, and peace. I'm going to tell you why. We talked about last week on how gifts and callings come without repentance. But the only way to get the kingdom of God is by what? Repenting. Well, the Bible says that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. So kingdom of God has nothing to do with what you drive. Kingdom of God has nothing to do. Now, it, it, it's a byproduct of that. It has nothing to do with what you drive, how you eat, the house you live in. He said it's not meat and drink. But it's righteousness, joy, and peace in his presence. So that's how you know if you have the kingdom. Do you understand righteousness? Do you know you are right? Do you live a righteous life? Do you have a righteous mindset of understanding how the relationship works? Do you have joy? Joy is different from being happy. Happy means I'm, I, I'm, I'm elated because I have what I want. Joy, you have joy even when stuff not going your way. <laughs> That's how you know if you have the kingdom. Do you have peace? Meaning in conflict. Now, these are the things that he's working in us. Am I right? We're not there yet. We're not, okay? None of us. We're not there yet. We're working to get there. So, verse 6, it says, Now these things have been so prepared the priests are continually entering to the outer tabernacle performing divine worship. Now, as you can see, this is about divine worship. This is about worship. Oh, give me the next scripture. There you go. 
Appreciate it. Still there. Yeah, give me the next one after that. It says, but into the second, it says, hold on, let me read it six again. It says, now, when these things have been so prepared, the priests are continually enter the outer tabernacle performing divine worship. So once everything is prepared, the priests enter into the holy place to perform divine worship. All right. That's why they enter into the holy place. That's why, because we are in the holy place, the Bible calls us royal priests. We are royal priests because he dropped us off in the holy place. So from this position, we, we have the ability to bring people into the household. He didn't say just priests, though. He said royal priests. So you are royalty and you are a priest because now you are in that holy place. Verse 7 says, but into the second, only the high priest enters once a year. So you have the holy place. The priest could enter into the holy place, but only the high priest could go into the holy of holies. Verse 7 says, but into the second, only the high priest enters once a year, not without taking blood, which he offers for himself and for the sin of the people committed in ignorance. Now, notice what it said. It said he offered the blood for the sins of those people who committed the sins in ignorance. How many of us ignorant? We're ignorant. The reason why we're ignorant is because we did not grow up in heaven. We're ignorant because we did not grow up in his household. We don't know every minute little thing that he wants us to do it well enough to do it right. That's why the secret place is important. Because we don't know. That's why Jesus went into the Holy of Holies, because he knew we were ignorant. <laughs> You've been born again. You're an infant. You don't know. Just like no different than Papa right here. He don't know. <laughs> because he don't know what has to happen is adults have to guide him. That's why he tells you to be led by the spirit. This is why he says as many as are led by the spirit. These are the children of God. The moment you stop being led by the spirit, you say you're telling him, I don't want to be your child. I want to do my own thing. Y'all know we do that. Y'all know. Y'all know our children do that to us. Am I right? As soon as they hit 13, fourth day, uh oh, time to emancipate my mind. I'm, I'm ready for the work. No, no, you're not. We think the same way. We're not. We're not. Everything that we think we're ready for in God, we're not. It's the stuff that you don't think you're ready for that you're ready for. <laughs> I know that's kind of crazy. It might be bipolar. It might be, you know, work with your mind a different way. But the stuff that you don't think that you're ready for is the stuff that you're ready for. The stuff that you, oh, I got this. Uh, nope. Nope. <laughs> it's something you don't see. I played basketball for years and it was never a game that I played while I wasn't nervous. You ever had a trial you weren't nervous? It's just natural. When you know you need assistance and you can make and you can possibly mess up, there's a nervousness there. Every time I get up and teach, I'm nervous. Was y'all, ladies, was y'all nervous getting up here? 
Because you knew you couldn't do it in your strength. If you'd got up here, I got this. <laughs> you fall right on your face. Where was I at? Verse 8. It says, the Holy Spirit is signifying this, that the way into the holy place has not yet been disclosed while the outer tabernacle is still standing. So I just read all of that. And then in verse 8, it says, the Holy Spirit was revealing to us that the, the, the real tabernacle is us. And that had not yet been revealed. Y'all see that? says the Holy Spirit is signifying this, that the way into the holy place has not yet been disclosed while the outer tabernacle is still standing, which is a symbol for the present time. Accordingly, both gifts and sacrifices are offered, which cannot make the worshiper perfect in conscience. Meaning they went before God. They went before with all these different sacrifices. But in the end, their mind couldn't change. They couldn't get the mind of Christ. Sometimes the priest was up to his knees in blood. In the average day at a ceremony, they killed 1.2 million animals. Just to be forgiven for a year. Then you got to do it again. That's a lot of blood. But what's deeper is, is that the father provided the sacrifices. He still provided the sacrifices. You can't generate that many animals. That's the bread and loaves, fish and loaves concept. They kill an animal, five more appear. Why? Because he wants them to sacrifice. But the thing I want you to get is they're sacrificing these animals because there's no relationship. They had to sacrifice these animals because they did not have a relationship. That was the only way that they could relate to him. That's why in the New Testament, I have to let y'all know, there are no altars. The reason there's no altar because there's nothing to sacrifice but yourself. Verse 10. Read verse 9 again. It says, accordingly, both gifts and sacrifices are offered, which cannot make the worshiper perfect in conscience. Since they related only to food and drink and various washings, regulations for the body imposed until a time of reformation. So all this was imposed on them until the day that we didn't have to do it no more. We could just change. We can be changed by Christ's work, finished work. Here we go. Verse 11. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things having come, he entered through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made by hands, that is, not of this creation. So he put on a body because that's the tabernacle he always wanted to function in. He didn't want to function in the tabernacle. He didn't want to function in the Ark of the Covenant. The father didn't want to do any of that stuff. All that stuff was a plan B because Adam fell. There's no need for the book of Hebrews if Adam don't fall. There's no need for Jesus to even come. He didn't want Jesus on, on earth. He wanted to put Adam here. Adam do the right thing. We shouldn't have needed a savior. But since we did, this is what he did for us. 
verse 12. It says, and not through the blood of bull of goats and calves, but through his own blood, he'd entered the holy place once for all time, having obtained eternal redemption. So what they had to do every year, Christ did once. So you can enter into the holy holies every day. So you could be sitting in church and you can walk right into the Holy of Holies. You can close your eyes and enter right into the Holy of Holies. The more you are in the Holy of Holies in your private place, the more you can do it in public. It's hard to get it in public. You notice Jesus didn't pray for he healed. You know why he have to? He spent time in the Holy of Holies. He spent time in that relationship. I told you, Jesus was a gifted son. He wasn't gifted. The strength of Jesus' ministry was his sonship. He let you know. I only do what my father tell me. My meat and drink is to do the will of my father. He's letting us know the strength of this Christianity thing is going to be the relationship. How much time are you spending with the father? Oprah told me one time, he said, the difference between a weak man of God and a powerful man of God is how much time they spent with God. That's it. How often you do community? How often you study? It says he entered the holy place once for all time, having obtained eternal redemption. Eternal redemption. Now, redemption means that you have been saved from sin and becoming a slave to sin. Eternal redemption. I mean, ain't no turning back. <laughs> Y'all don't seem happy about that. Now, he did all of this, like I said, so we can get into the secret place. Now, let's go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1. It says, for the law, since it has only a shadow of good things to come and not the form of those things itself, can never, by the same sacrifices which they offer continually every year, make those approach who approach perfect. So there was nothing that they did in that tabernacle that could make the people perfect. The only way we could be perfect is through what Christ did. That's why he says, I am the door. That's why he says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. He's letting you know you can only come to the father through me. I have to die. I have to resurrect. I have to ascend. You have to understand what I did, why I did it. And then you follow after me. Verse two, it says, otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered because the worshipers having once been cleansed would no longer have had consciousness of sin. But in those sacrifices, this is a reminder of sin every year. So like he said, they we get to do it. Jesus did it once for us. They have to do it every year. And you know, this is still going on in some parts of the country. In some parts of the world, this is still going on. People are still waiting on Christ. Am I right? They're still waiting for something that has already happened. <laughs> Where am I? Verse four. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. Verse five. Therefore, 
when he comes into the world, and I thought this was dope because this is literally Christ talking before the foundation of the world. Therefore, when he comes into the world, he says, and this is a son, recognize, realizing what his father wants. He says, you have not desired sacrifice and offering, but you have prepared a body for me. <laughs> That's why he said my meat and drink is to do the will of my father. He said, this is not really what you wanted. So what you did was you prepared a body for me. That's why I tell people all the time that God's son is a spirit. He prepared a body for him. That body is the lamb of God. Jesus means savior. Christ means anointed one. When you got saved, the savior didn't enter you. The anointed one entered you. The anointed one is what lives in you. In Christ. He said, he said, but you have prepared a body for me. You have not taken pleasure in whole burnt offerings and offerings for sin. Then I said, behold, I have come. It is written of me in the scrolls of the book to do your will, O God. Verse eight. After saying above sacrifices and offerings and whole burnt offerings and offerings for, for sin, you have not desired. How many times you got to say that? He does not desire that. Nor have you taken pleasure in them, which are according to the law. Verse nine. Then he said, behold, I have come to do your will. He takes away the first in order to establish the second. So he had to remove the Old Testament in order to establish the new. He had to let us know I obliterated that. It no longer exists. You don't have to pay attention to it anymore. Don't worry about that covenant. Don't worry about the Ten Commandments. Don't worry about the law. Don't worry about the Sabbath day. Don't worry about none of that stuff. I obliterated that when I started the new one. Y'all with me? Verse 10. By this will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus once for all time. Did y'all see that? Like I told you, the title of this teaching is Understanding the Secret Place. I want you to understand the secret place that when you walk into your prayer closet, your father's there. He made this to where he could be there. He didn't just do this so that you could come to him. He did this so that he could become before you. He Everything he did is selfish. He did it so he could have kids. <laughs> This is for him. This is for him, for you. Why you have kids? For you. Am I right? You wanted kids, right? So everything that you do has to now be to make sure them kids live a prosperous life, a glorious life. This is what our father did. Verse 11. Every priest stands daily ministering and offering time after time the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. 1.2 million animals in a day. And it still couldn't take away the sin. 
They still was going to have to come back and do it again. They still couldn't remove the guilt. They still couldn't remove the shame. It didn't change their mind. It didn't change their disposition. It didn't change what they asked for. They still complained. They could, they could not get the mind of Christ. They could not grow in the father's household. Verse 12. But he, having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time onward until his enemies are made a footstool for his feet. For by one offering, he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. Another word for sanctified is holy. So by this one offering, he made all of us holy who accepted him. We're not trying to get holy. We are already holy. The only thing that's not holy about us is our minds. Is our souls. That's why we talk about the soul algorithm. That's why we talk about practicing righteousness. Practicing righteousness will bring you to a place of holiness because all you're simply doing is learning about Abba's household constantly. If you don't know about his household, how can you walk in the spirit? Because the Bible says from walking in the spirit, you know, from being led by the spirit, you're supposed to eventually walk in the spirit. From walking in the spirit, you're supposed to live in the spirit. And that's when the scriptures talk about laboring to enter into his rest. We're laboring to enter into his rest. So for by one offering, he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. All right, we're going to skip down to verse 19. Here we go. Y'all ready? Now it's going to get good. I don't know if it was good already, but it's going to get gooder. Is that a word, gooder? It's not? Okay. Yeah. What would you say? Oh. <laughs> verse 19. It says, Therefore, Therefore, now, therefore is a shift. <laughs> All right. Therefore, brothers and sisters. Now, he ain't said nothing about no brothers and sisters up until this time. All right. He ain't said nothing about no brothers and sisters up until this time. Until when he starts to announce what we get, he has to say, therefore, brothers and sisters, family. Since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, verse 22, let's approach God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from the evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Now, that's totally different than what they got in the Old Testament. All this stuff is pertaining to the secret place. It's all pertaining to the secret place. Because of what Jesus did, he says, now you can approach him differently. All this was so that you can approach him in the correct manner. manner. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16. Here we go. Therefore, once again, since we have a great high priest 
who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. Verse 15, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Why is that? Because he took on a body like us. The Bible said he had to take on a body to become a faithful high priest. He could not be our high priest had he not taken on a body. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are yet without sin. That's good to know that the the sacrifice was legit. Amen. (laughs) Verse 16. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace. Just right there. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace, the throne of grace, the holy of holies, the secret place. Same thing. Same thing. The holies of holies, the secret place, the throne of the throne of grace. Same thing. It's the same place. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness. So that we may receive mercy and find grace mm, to help us in the time of need. So he's telling us, okay, because now that you are my children, you can approach my throne of grace with boldness and with confidence. So you should be able, because of what Jesus did, we should be able to walk into the secret place with boldness and with confidence. A boldness comes from who we are. Once you know who you are as a child of God, you can walk boldly and you can talk boldly to him because you don't think that the moment you say the wrong thing, that he's going to excommunicate you from from his heavenly presence. Come to me boldly. You don't even have to agree with me. You can argue with me. I'm just telling you the truth. This is a relationship. He's not looking for yes, yes, yes. Moses told him. He's getting ready to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Moses approaches him and says, and this is a friend. Abraham, thank you. Thank you. Abraham approaches him as a friend. Would not the righteous judge do something like this? He's about to destroy this city. Abraham said, as a righteous judge, you about to do that? I don't think so. I don't think so. You cannot consider yourself righteous and tell me you're going to do this. Let's make a deal. If I can find this many people, <laughs> don't do it. Well, he Obviously, he didn't find nobody. <laughs> but it was a good argument, however, all right? <laughs> it was worth a try. So, According to these passages of scriptures, it's telling us that we can enter into the holies of holies, which is a secret place, which is his throne of grace. Now, what's funny is he said that you can come before the throne of grace with boldness and so that you may receive mercy. Why? Because you're already in a holy place where our covenant is, where the mercy seat is, and the blood has already been displayed over it. So mercy already belongs to you. Because you have mercy, you automatically get grace. 
You have to get mercy before you receive grace. That's a whole nother teaching. But it says that you receive mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. So on your good days, you can go to him, you can talk to him, everything, but this is for your bad days. Okay, this is written for when you have those terrible days in which you just want to go to bed. Y'all had them days sometimes? You just want to go to bed. Just just end this day and start the next one. This is for that day. When you done did everything wrong, (laughs) flesh came back, flesh resurrected, tombstone sitting on the bed, this is, this is for them days. It's not for the days when you're perfect. Cause that's what you try to be perfect. Just know, make some mistakes. You need to, because until you make mistakes and see how he reacts, you're never going to lose guilt. You're never going to lose shame. I do not walk around on eggshells trying not to make mistakes. I don't. If I make it, I make it. I'm, if I make it, I made it because I was ignorant. Some stuff I might intentionally do. It's all there for that purpose. I'm not, I'm not saying to do stuff intentionally, but I'm telling you, you get, you have weak moments. You have times when you do the wrong thing and you know it's wrong. You have times when you, you hear the Holy Spirit. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Well. <laughs> Time to go to the throne of grace because I'm about to give him all of my heart, mind, soul, everything. And then you feel like, watch this, then you feel like crap. Then you feel like crap. Why? The reason why you feel like crap, that lets you know the DNA has changed. That lets you know Christ is there and he's working. That lets you know you're in a holy place. If you don't have no disregards to what you do, you need to get saved again. I'm serious. No. You need to wrap all that. Um, you have to. Oh, if you, if I don't, I'm going to do it again. Okay. <laughs> but the throne of grace is there. It's there for that. Why would we teach all this stuff about the orphan spirit? All this stuff about the five stages of sonship and then not give you a method in which you can grow. You, I mean, I'm, he, he, he's seen you where you were. He sees you where you're going. That in between stuff, watch this. This might be the best part of the message. If you miss this part, I don't know what to tell you. The in between stuff is his responsibility towards you. That's the stuff he signed up to fix. Y'all didn't know that? That's the stuff he signed up to fix. That's he, anytime a father, a mother, it don't matter, adopts an orphan, they signing up to make a child better. They knowing the child has issues. Anytime you bring a child out the womb into your household, you know there's going to be some, it's going to be some correction. That's why the word is for correction, reproof, and instructions. I got two more scriptures. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 10. We have an altar from which those who worship at the tabernacle do not have a right to eat. You need to see this stuff. 
It's in it, my old pastor used to say, it's in your, my old pastor used to say like that. He's do this little, he say, it's in your Bible. They ride in your car <laughs> that you don't never read. <laughs> but he letting us know that we have an altar from which those who worship at the tabernacle do not have a right to eat. Our altar is Christ. That is our altar. We have an altar that they don't have. There are no altars in the New Testament. There are no altars in the New Testament. The relationship is the altar. Who will improve it to him? I'm not going to do it today. But I got another scripture for y'all. This is it right here. We about to close out. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. It says, therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, because of the mercy seat, because Christ entered into the holies of holies, I urge you, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies. So, so we're going to put you on the altar. You the sacrifice for the altar. Present your body, a living sacrifice. Uh, hold on, a living and holy sacrifice. The relationship is the altar. As a child of God, because he's already he's already given the grace, he's already given the mercy. You should present your body. Where do you present it at? The secret place. When was the last time you presented? Present your body by going to your private room, shut your door, and speaking to your father. Present your body. A living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. This is what worship is. You in a secret place saying, Father, teach me. Father, raise me. You in a secret place saying, Father, remove. You in a secret place saying, Father, impart this in me. All this stuff is worship. Why? Because you're acknowledging you don't have it. I told you, the stuff you think you got, you ain't got. It's the reason why Solomon, he gave Solomon an option. You can ask me for anything you want. Hmm. Pure worship ain't going to ask for stuff. Pure worship don't ask for stuff. Because if I know my father owns everything, I don't have to ask for stuff. <laughs> All I have to do is conform to his image, seek the kingdom, which is his household, Seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which is seeking how to do things from his household. And he said, all that stuff going to be added to you. It's going to be added to you. When I tell y'all, y'all might not believe it. When I tell y'all, he forced me to get that car, to buy a car. 
Because I wouldn't take it. I would, for one, I wouldn't take no money from the church. But I was taking all the other stuff. You feel me? I wasn't taking no money, but I was taking everything else. I'm in everybody's life. I'm in everybody's business. Am I not? I'm in everybody's life. I'm in everybody's business. I talk to everybody. Plus, we have a practice where we, I don't know how many people we minister to on a practice. Marriages, families, individual sessions. So I'm taking a hit, and I'm not spending money from the church or her account. We driving home, I'm going through labor pains. I'm hurting. Because it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot. We are, we are home. My wife is over next to me looking at cars because she know I wanted to challenge her. She looking, at, she looking at the cars. We pull up to the house, get ready to pull up to the house. She's like, no, we finna go buy your car. I'm like, he told her, we're finna go buy this car. We walk in there to buy the car. When I tell you everything, the the owner come of the of the dealership comes out and says, just give them whatever they want. Now, I ain't going to tell you all the other conversation we had. But he said, just give them whatever they want. Which means whatever price we wanted to get at, we wanted the price under $400 for a brand new 2021. Make it happen for them, the owner said. Now, it wasn't that we couldn't afford one over, but it's what we wanted. <laughs> okay. The whole time, I'm like, Father, you know, I don't want, we just bought her a car. We got a truck. I don't really, <clears throat> shut up, boy. Shut up, okay? This is, we do all the stuff. I get in the car. I ride off. I still feel like, ah, this feels irresponsible. He tells me, you should never muzzle the ox while he treads. He said, this one for your pain. Because I wasn't taking nothing. He cares. He said, never muzzle the ox while you trade. He said, you should not be working that hard, but not taking care of yourself. Buy yourself something. <laughs> Why? Because he cares. He don't just care about when you do something wrong. He's looking at the stuff you're doing right. He see you trying to conform. He see it. It's honorable. Like I told you, when he says, meet me in a secret place, you know you can't see him when you go in there. You go in there anyway to talk to him, which makes you look stupid. Which even the more makes him honor it. It's an honor. We lift our hands. People looking like they're lifting their hands to your invisible God. Yes, yes, yes. But when you see these visible blessings. So this is why he's telling us that he said, seek ye first the kingdom. Seek how to do it for my household. Seek how to do it with my character. Seek to do it the right way. Understand, because watch this, you can't manifest anything feeling guilt. Faith and guilt don't mix. You got it. The thing I understand about what's going on even in here is that I'm bringing you guys to a place where you're comfortable in God. Okay. Which means you're going to go overboard. You're going to go overboard. You got, you have to. You have to go overboard crazy for him to realign you. 
You have to go overboard. You have to get so comfortable in a relationship that you don't care what he say for him to correct you. You have to. This is nothing new to me. It's going to get like that because it's a relationship. He don't want robots. If he if he wanted robots, he would have created everything but humans. He controlled everything else is responding to him without fail. Ain't nobody being disobedient to him but man. <laughs> nothing. The sun, the moon, the water, the ocean, nothing. Trees, nothing. Grass, not birds. Nothing is being obedient to him but man. <laughs> so if he wanted something to be just constantly obedient to him and never miss it, he would design it that way. So he said, so that's why Paul urged us, he said, by the mercies of God, present your body. Present your body. A living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And when you come out of there, now what's crazy is this. When you come out of there, watch this, he says, and do not be conformed to this world. So he's saying, when you go into the secret place, you're going to come out like me. And when you come out like me, don't conform yourself to the world. Don't go back. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that you may prove. You have to prove. Your life is going to prove the will of God, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. That's why I told you the first reward you're going to receive is going to be moral excellence. It's going to be moral excellence. He's going to build you as a son. He's going to build you as a daughter. That's the first thing. The first thing you're going to see change about you is how you think. First, about yourself. Secondly, about your God. Because you got to learn he's your father. If you keep on trying to approach him as God, you're going to miss out on so much stuff. Because you're going to think he don't want you to have it. Because you're not worthy. But then again, when you look, it's as if, why did you create this whole planet for y'all? He created this planet for us. So if we wanted a vacation home in every country, we could have it. I don't have a problem with that. The issue we have is that you don't know how to conform.